7.35 in the morning, Eastern Time. We are back to our prime time Wizards After Dark episodes at ridiculous hours of the night talking about basketball that nobody cares about. This is what we're doing. We got it down. Draft night, Wizards After Dark, maybe draft morning, Wizards After Dark, considering the time that I'm recording this thing. Uh, somehow, some way, I'm Fred Katz, by the way. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. And I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, and uh, I have somehow, some way, gotten a guest at 3.35 in the morning to talk to me about Rui Hachimura, Admiral Schofield, and Jonathan Simmons. Unbelievable. Ben Standig from NBC Sports Washington, who is just, I would say you're the biggest trooper around uh, around the Wizards now, but I guess if you're a really good trooper, you would just be promoted to Admiral. Wow, that is a uh, that is a major claim you just uh, made there. By the way, Look, it's, I just it's not... I, I'm just trying to make some general puns here. That's it. <laughs> I think you should save these for your private time, though. Would be my take. Um, by the way, it's not that late. I've already switched all my clocks to jet to to Tokyo time. It's four thirty six in Japan. So uh, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not it's no big deal. We are going to have so much Japanese media there. It's going to be crazy. Oh, I think it's going to be insane. I mean, for for people, I, I, we were talking about this earlier. I, I don't know how much you've been around it before, but like I've covered some baseball games where there is like some uh, pitchers. The Orioles had a guy from Taiwan a few years ago. I, I've been around when Ichiro would would come through, and a few years ago with the Wizards, Yi Jin Long was here. I wasn't covering the team on a, the regular then, but like it's a different world for sure. Uh, to, to, to have uh, to, to have this uh, onslaught of media, and this kid is going to bring the house. It's going to be really fascinating. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay, so I, I say this often, but I will summarize just in case you are that weird small part of the Venn diagram that listens to Niche Wizards podcasts and yet doesn't know who the Wizards take in the first round. The Wizards, with the ninth overall pick, took Ruri Hachimura out of Gonzaga, as Ben and I are discussing, the first ever Japanese-born player to be drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. Um, they then, that was their only pick coming into the, into the night. They then, in the craziest move in Washington Wizards history, and this is something that a number of people have written about, including me at The Athletic leading up to the draft, they purchased a second-round pick. They sent cash considerations. I'm not sure what the figure was on, on that cash considerations. I hate that the term is cash considerations, by the way, because you're not considering sending the cash. You are sending the cash. It's just cash. Why do we say cash considerations? In no other thing do I say like, hey, how much is that Diet Coke? And they're like $4. And I'm like, okay, here's $4 of cash considerations. It's just not a thing. I don't know why we say that. Anyway, they sent cash considerations <laughs> To Philadelphia, and Philadelphia sent back Jonathan Simmons, who I will predict is going to get waived, and uh, has a has most of his contract non guaranteed before July first. And they got the forty second pick when they picked our guy Admiral Schofield because they just wanted to find a little kernel of talent in the second round. Anyway, wow. Anyway, uh. 
So what do we think? Let's talk about Hachimura first. Even though it kind of feels like the crazy thing is that the Wizards bought a second-round pick because that's a big change. But let's well, talk about Hachimura. Let's talk about the basketball. What do we think? Uh, what? You know what? I mean, I have been tasked with doing mo- a lot of the NBA draft coverage for NBC Sports Washington with mock drafts and big boards. And, you know, I was at the Combine when you were there. And, you know, I've been talking to people for, for weeks about all this stuff. And if I, I'd lie to you if I sat here and said that I liked any of these potential candidates, like I could sort of hypothetically talk myself into any of the, into some guys based on like a, a certain traits or just something about them. But like they're all unbelievably polarizing and, and Hachimura easily fits into that, into that mode. I mean, I, I, I talked to, I, I checked in with sources, you know, throughout the process. I said, Hey, give me, give me some guy you like, not Zion. Just, just anybody. I don't care what the, what the, what, where they are on the board. And people like this week said to me Hachimura. But, but then I talked to other people who were just like, I don't even know, man. I, I would put him in like the twenties. And a- after the Wizards made the pick, uh, I had a, a front office executive text me and say that to him he's not really he, he's not really a four doesn't handle have the handle for the three he's probably ultimately just a bench player and yet of course if you listen to the Wizards talk about it, it this guy has got a lot of potential Tommy Shepard repeatedly called him a um, wait well he didn't say sleeper what did he say um, uh, but basically that, that he's that he's up you know he, he's I don't know, whatever, promising because he's uh, he hasn't been playing basketball for years and years. It's all over the place. Positionally, it makes sense. His offense is really interesting. His he's athletic as heck. He's very he's chiseled. His I, I watched his I watched literally last night his game um, ESPN's pre draft tape on him. His basketball instincts are really raw, and the feel for the game is rough. So it's interesting. There's almost nobody that they would have picked at nine that I would be sitting here going, "Wow, amazing!" But but it's Rui Hachimura, and uh, I wish I had like a more definitive. This is what I think about this guy. I don't know. It's about as honest as I can get. He's super interesting, but I don't know. I think the pick is fine. It's fine. The process was good leading up to it. I, I think it's telling in a number of ways. So the Wizards under Tommy Shepard are really prioritizing culture. And, and Tommy brought up his his mental and emotional and maturity state with Hashimura, right? Even though he doesn't know him as well on a personal level, that's like the thing. You ask people around on Hachimura, I have an, uh, an anecdote in my story, which I just filed and is not up yet. But you know what? If you're a huge podcast listener, I'll give you the little nugget now. Hold on. Let me find this. This is great podcasting, just me searching through my phone trying to find this anecdote which i wrote yeah so a team a team asked he 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 learned english three years ago he didn't know english when he came to gonzaga pretty amazing that he's now fluent in english like he doesn't have an interpreter for press conferences you have to be some level of intelligent in order to like you have to be smart in order to learn english that quickly and you're not learning you don't speak a roman language natively you know anyway but kind of sarcasm and slang are not really yet a part of his terminology. And uh, one team, when he was interviewing with them in a pre-draft interview, asked him what he thought it meant to be high maintenance. And he said, it's when you have to go to the training room a lot. 
because he didn't know <laughs> what high maintenance was. Sure. And That's it's awesome. kind of ironic that that was the term he didn't know because the whole thing is like he's the most low-maintenance guy that you're going to get in the lottery. There's just no ego there. And that's kind of, I know this is not coming from me, to be clear. I've never met the guy. I'll meet him tomorrow for the first time when he does his press conference at, you know, early afternoon tomorrow in, in D.C. But with every single person who I spoke to after the pick, you know, I just text people around the league who, who know him, and everybody's just like, he's the most low-maintenance, easy guy. You're never going to have a problem. He's quiet. You're just, you're never going to have a problem with him. I think the Wizards... Really, this version of the Wizards under Tommy Shepard really loves that. Another really interesting Tommy Shepard thing, you know, he didn't start playing basketball till later, and obviously, you know, he talked about him being a late bloomer and there being potential there. But I know they're really, they're very, very data-driven now under Shepard, and they they are really trying to work the analytics. People hear analytics, they think points per possession, and they hear... Uh, guys' numbers when Thomas Bryan is the screener and Bradley Beal is the ball handler and all these other things that, you know, we that we see and that second spectrum tracks and all that. Another thing which is really not public but is very important to analytics in the NBA is injury health and body maintenance analytics. And NBA teams keep track on that. And the Wizards are really, really wanting to dive into that under Shepard. And he kind of brought up, well, you know, him starting to play basketball late means his body might not be as beaten up. He's got a perfectly good health record, and that's really important to him too. I thought that was a really interesting point, not something that I think about when you hear the guys like uh, you know like Pascal Siakam who starts playing late and has never really had health problems, maybe because his body wasn't getting beaten up when he was 14 years old, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting point, and. You know, I, I actually, I mean, this is your podcast, so let me not dictate the, the conversation. But, like, as we're discussing Hachimura, we'll get into Schofield, the trade, and whatever else. They even, they even have a two-way guy, apparently, at uh, 3 in the morning. But the diff, the biggest thing for me tonight was the Tommy Shepard show, so to speak. I mean, I, you know, you and I have talked to him, I'm sure, both on and off the record. Well, I guess, I guess actually, I, no, I guess never on the record. Until tonight, but sure we've talked to him on the side or whatever, and it's a clearly different vibe. He's just a different human being than Ernie Grunfeld. That's that's not a knock, but he's got an upbeat attitude about him. He, he smiled throughout the whole day. He wasn't just smiling because it was the first time he was the guy running the show. This is the first time he made he got to make the actual pick. I, I presume um, it wasn't just that. It wasn't just the euphoria from that. He's just got this. A, a, a calmness and a sun, a sunniness to him, and you can kind of feel a difference a little bit around there. I'm not saying this means they're going to win the title. I'm just meaning there's a different vibe to it. He's the, you know, I always say teams take on the personality of the dominant figure. Now, obviously, right now he's the interim, so it's hard to say he would be that guy. But in some respects, he's he's been running the show for two months, and there is a difference to him. And you mentioned the data, the, the data driven stuff. The fact that they have this guy Tariq Phillip on the team. I mean, a non-guaranteed contract, all that is 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 part of uh, of a nod toward this sort of data-driven philosophy. He was somebody that they liked off of that, 
And it, it does just feel like it's a different era. Again, it may be an interim era. We have no idea where things are going. I'm sure Fred's talked about this a ton. I don't need to get into that part again. But just seeing Tommy Shepard sort of operate in his element, he came out and talked to the media a couple times tonight. I, I promise you, he gave us more interesting quotes than Grunfeld did in five years. Again, I'm not knocking Grunfeld, although I am for that. Come on, we need quotes, damn it. Uh, <laughs> but he's just got a different way about him, and it felt different tonight in dealing with it. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that Rui Hachimura is turning into the next Kawhi Leonard, as Chauncey Billups sort of uh, made a comment about during the broadcast. It is just interesting to see a different approach. And, you know, uh, there are some things that he's doing that, that I do think, uh, you know, again, seem, seem in, in, intelligent, interesting, and it'll be curious to see how, how it goes for as long as, you know, he's in that seat. It is interesting. And one of the things is a good transition because one of the things that is interesting, obviously the big story from an impacting the Wizards tomorrow standpoint is the Wizards took Rui Hachimura number nine overall. That is very clearly the story from tonight. Uh, all that being said, something that I thought just was really interesting was the purchasing of a second round pick. And I'll tell you what. In some ways, and maybe I'm a, a violator of this too, in some ways, the Wizards getting rid of you know, all their second round picks all the way through 2024, they have a 2023, but it's protected and it's Chicago's. The Wizards getting rid of all their second round picks for years and years and years, in some ways, is overly criticized. Because they are, to some degree, like they really are just second round picks. Now, the ways they got rid of them deserves criticism, all that kind of stuff. But to some degree, they are just second round picks. It is not the number one thing that has plagued them. It's on the list, but it's not the number one thing that has plagued them. But I do kind of think their willingness to just give away numbered second round picks, like they just like have cooties, like get them away from me. I don't want them near me on the playground. That is the greatest symbol of the mess uppery that they have had over the last three or four years, right? Like to me that is like the the number just the number one thing that you look at and it greatest describes it if you had to have one part of decision making because it just shows them not caring about the margins and them being a team that doesn't care about the margins. And the fact that they ponied up money for a second round pick. Look, first of all, yeah, well, let's say we'll say part of it is on Tommy Shepard because Tommy Shepard was the one executing it. And Ernie Grunfeld, as he told me, and I had him quoted on in a story in The Athletic, like openly admits that he cared about second round picks maybe less than any other GM in the league. It was just part of his philosophy. He considered it to be a, a, a market inefficiency. But look, Ernie wasn't going out there selling second rounders. When they sell the Jordan Clarkson one, it's not like Ernie is saying, yeah, yeah, let's sell this. That's from ownership. No GM is going to want less is going to want less uh, draft picks. That's just not a thing. So them turning around and wanting to buy something, I mean, that that's, that's a correction on Ted Leonsis' part, right? I mean, we think about this as just the GM or the president, and it ends there, but it doesn't. It ends with ownership. And that, to me, was a change from Ted Leonsis as well, right? I mean, are you reading that the same way? 
Um, interesting. I, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure. And I, and from the standpoint of, like, I'd have to look at the overall budget of the situation, right? I mean, they are currently, um, you know, like, in other words, it, whatever the money, I mean, from what we can tell, we don't know the exact numbers. It costs less than $2 million to, to or somewhere around that range to buy this pick. If in general, like, if you, if the second round pick is $2 million, Plus salary. What's the cost versus going out and signing a veteran free agent? Like ultimately, I mean, like ultimately, if the you know if you view it like a, like that, I don't know if the number itself it could be even less than than what they would have spent, um, you know, on some other player or whatever. I mean, I think from an organizational standpoint, though, the point is correct. Obviously, this is very different than what they were doing before. Yes, they were treating it like you know, you know, just a, a random item that they could easily dismiss or replace. And and look, you're right. Second round picks, like the first few picks in the second round, look, there could be some pretty interesting uh, guys for sure. But it's just the asset. You can throw it into. You don't willy nilly throw it into a trade, but you can use it in a trade to acquire somebody or or or, or you know make, make something else uh, work. Or you know, look, even if it's the, you know the Aaron White and Usef, Usef Sanan, whose names came up tonight as well. You at least have these guys as needed for whatever a, a trade chip. Maybe they even come over, or whatever. We just sort of just arbitrarily give them away if they just thought they have for all these last few years. Really, just super duper frustrating, and and that's the part that is you know been, been just been mind blowing. And yes, the Jordan Clark's the one in particular to actually sell the pick. I mean, come on, like and, and right. The fact that Ernie was the one who was taking all the hits for that was I've I've, I've dealt with that too many times. Don't get me started on that one, Fred. But. uh but yes, I mean it's it, it, it's definitely a fascinating thing. As much as Rui Hachimura is the story, the second round pick aspect ultimately is is kind of more intriguing in some weird way. We got anything else? Are we going? We ending quick? You got anything uh, else no, you want to talk about? I'll just say that this like so so Hachimura is a junior at Gonzaga. Admiral Schofield, uh, a four year player at Gonzaga. They are two rookies, so let's not dismiss that. But the Wizards were in a position where they could have easily drafted. If, I mean, based on what the board was, they easily could have taken uh, Sekou Zamboya, and uh, I'm sure there was like a, a one-and-done around the point of Admiral Schofield. But instead of taking projects or guys that would need more time, we heard that over and over again about a lot of guys in range at nine. They took two guys who I suspect, well, Hachimura better be ready. Ernie, uh, Tommy Shepard said, Ernie, Tommy Shepard said um, there won't be any need for, like, remedial uh, tutoring here. He'll be ready to go. Schofield, I'm sure, as well. That, to me, if nothing else, we don't know what the plan is yet. They still don't have a full-time GM. Free agency is a week off. We don't know. Or a little more than a week off. It feels like this is an indication, at least a little one, that the Wizards are not intending of straight-up rebuilding, that they are not intending of, uh, like, they are intending to, to some degree, make a push for next year. I'm not saying they're trying to make the playoffs or or, or go deep, but I'm just saying if you draft draft those two guys, potentially at least, it, it says to me that they are looking for guys that could come in and help immediately because... They are not just as you know. We, I've been wondering at least, were they willing to take a true uh, step back this season for the greater good going forward? Two two veteran college players, I think, in the right the, right now, suggest something else. It's very true. That's a good point. And uh, you know, as Woj mentioned on ESPN the other day, 
you know, there's a chance they extend Bradley, or at least they make Bradley Beal an extension offer this summer, which would be three years and $111 million. If I'm Bradley Beal, by the way, I'm turning down that extension. Even if I want to stay, I'm turning down that extension. Because if Bradley Beal makes All-NBA next year, he's Supermax eligible again next summer. So turn it down, see if you can get your Supermax extension next year. That same extension, unless you have some horrible injury, that same, knock on wood, that same extension is uh, still going to be there. It's still going to be there next summer. But anyway, we'll get to that another time. It's four in the morning. Plug, I'm sure you got something good. It's been draft. It's draft week. We're all tired. We got a press conference that we got to do tomorrow. Uh, plug, plug whatever, whatever the hell you have going on before we go. Uh, I don't have anything else going on. I think next week I'll have some stuff going on. So just wait for next week. That is truly the worst plug I've ever heard. Uh, it's like I wrote about Rui Hachimura. You know who else wrote about Rui Hachimura? Everybody else who covers the Wizards. I mean, sure, go read it. I agree. <laughs> that was awful. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 like not even going to post this podcast now. That was so bad. Oh my god! Well, that, that, that's a uh, that's a uh, that's a tragedy then. Uh, look, by the way, the, the draft was crazy. I literally couldn't even tell you, other than Zion went to the Pelicans. I'm not sure I can tell you three other players who what teams they got drafted by. <laughs> there were so many trades. I don't know where the like, like a, I don't know who made what trade. That they they kept the player, they sent them away. I have no idea. But um, sure. Uh, wait, 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 I mean, you we gotta go. Aaron White, Tommy Shepard said he's in the mix. They just have to sign a contract. Usef Sanan with the summer league. Beyond that, we'll see. He's still developing. It sounds like he's still at least a year away. And they did sign a two-way player, according to uh, according to uh, draft uh, Jonathan Gavoni. I don't know anything about this kid from Lipscomb, but when he was here for the Wizards workout, some college coach told me he's really good. That's all I got. Well, then you got that more than me. I can't talk to you about two-way guys. But, uh, yeah, Aaron White, I mean, I said on the last episode of this podcast that I was setting the odds at 50-50 that Aaron White is on the Wizards next year, and I'm sticking with them at 50-50. I think he makes a pretty decent living in Europe, so it's not like you're going to, like, bring him over for a go-go contract. I just can't imagine that he would accept that unless he's just dying to bet on himself and and play in the NBA. Uh, I just can't imagine he's going to pass up all the money that that would take in order to do that. But if the Wizards want to bring them over, they've got spots on their roster. We'll see. We'll see. It's a possibility. I don't think Yusuf Sanan is going to come over. That would be my guess. Not, 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 certainly not Certainly not next season. That seems to be uh, – but, you know, but whatever. They get, but they get play him around. Summer league with them. Uh, Troy Brown is going to play Summer League again. He told me that tonight. So – Troy Brown will be out there playing summer league with them. Obviously, Hachimura is going to be playing summer league with them. Maybe they'll have some other relevant guys playing summer league with them too. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see. We will. That, um, that is a thing that we will do. We will, unless global warming kills us all before summer league, we will see it. Um, I am going to wrap us up. Go on the athletic, by the way. David Aldridge has a great column that's already out, posted after this. My story. It's 4 a.m. now. My story posts at 7 a.m. So presumably the vast majority of people who listen to this, my story will already be up. Um, Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Give us a nice review. Leave five stars on iTunes. 
I'll be back with another episode next week. Going to do a free agency preview because now as soon as the draft is over, we write a couple draft stories, and then we get a damn damn free agency preview out of the whole thing. So uh, free agency starts a week from Sunday. Crazy. So we got nine days to prepare for that. Next week at The Athletic, I'm going to have a bunch of free agency preview stuff up there as well, Wizards free agency stuff and all that. So you can look out for there. Look out for that there. I'll be back next week with another guest talking about free agency. And after that, we'll be talking about free agency in the midst of free agency. So much content, so much to talk about. And like I always say, if they hire a GM, I will do an emergency podcast. But based on Ted Leonsis' comments uh, in a statement to the Washington Post last week, uh, it doesn't sound like they will be doing that until either into the free agency period or after the free agency period. And I would say that I, I'm setting Tommy Shepard as the favorite for this. Uh, Are you doing the same? For sure. I mean, uh, you know, to get into the Maasai stuff between you and me at this point would be the 18-hour podcast. We won't do that. But just, I mean, the odds for me have always been long on Maasai because there's so many hurdles to jump, which would lead to Tommy Shepard. And like I said, I mean, it just feels like I have, you know, you, you never know how somebody will do who's only been the assistant if they're in the lead. But based on all the atmospherics, I, I, it just seems like it's pretty apparent they should just give Tommy Shepard the job and go from there. So that would be my guess as well. Seems like a distinct possibility. Uh, like I said, I'll be back next week, and I will talk to you guys then. Mm-hmm.